Peace be with you. And with your spirit. Please be seated. I bring you greetings from all your brothers and sisters from the Diocese of Quincy. They are praying for you, especially today, while I'm conducting my pastor visit here. I would like to share with you some thoughts about the feast we are celebrating or the commemoration we are celebrating today. But in order to understand the mystery of the Feast of All Souls, I will need to talk first about the mystery of all saints. That's the only way we can understand why the black of mourning with a beautiful gold of glory and, and life. And uh, the sermon will be about 90 minutes. <laughs> just, no. <laughs> no, no, just, just, just breaking the tension a little bit. That's it. Uh, I, I will try to be as brief as I can. It's only maybe 10 pages that I'm going to read. Okay, let's, let's go to real business now. Who, who is a saint? And what is all saints? The first of November is the solemnity of all saints. It is a feast that calls to mind and celebrates all those who, having preceded us on the path of faith and life, already enjoy eternal happiness. They are already as we would say, full citizens of heaven, they shared a homeland of all humanity of every grace in heaven. On All Saints Day, we celebrate all those Christians who already enjoy what we theologically call the beatific vision, who are already in heaven, whether they have been declared saints by the church or not. All Saints Day is for them, and from them it gets its name. So what is a saint? Who is a saint? And how does one become a saint? The saints are those Christians who, having finished their earthly race, have gone ahead to be in the presence of God. They have received in the words of St. Paul, the crown of glory that does not wither away. The saints are reflections of the glory and holiness of God. And I love this particular word. They are reflections of the glory and holiness of God. They are models for the lives of Christians. The Saints' Day celebration does include the popular and famous saints as we all know them, those extraordinary Christians to whom the Church dedicates on particular day each year. But All Saints' Day is, above all, the day of the anonymous saints, so many of whom are members of our families, towns, and communities. We all can and should be saints. All Saints Day is also an opportunity to remember the universal call to holiness 
presented to all Christians since the day we were baptized. It is an occasion to make in ourselves the call of the Lord that we should be perfect, holy, as God our Heavenly Father is perfect and is holy. It is a pressing call for all of us to live our vocation to holiness according to our own state of life, consecration, and service. Holiness is not the heritage of a privileged few. It is the destiny of all, as it is now, as it has been for the multitude of anonymous saints whom we celebrate on All Saints' Days. Then what is Christian holiness? Christian holiness is about living and keeping the commandments. The saint is not an angel. He is a man or a woman of flesh and blood who knows how to get up and walk again and again and again. The saint does not ignore his brother's cry, nor do he think it's better to worship the altar. The saint is the one who lives out his faith through joy and struggles every day because he lives to love. The saint is the one who is so fascinated by the beauty of God and by his perfect truth that he is progressively transformed by them. For this beauty and this truth, he is willing to give up everything, even himself. The love of God is sufficient for him, which he experiences and passes on in humble and selfless service of his neighbor. Holiness is earned, achieved with the help of grace on earth, in the work and commitment of each day, in love, in daily service, and definitely forgiveness. One of my favorite theologians, Karl Rahner, wrote truly and beautifully, the eagerness of each day tilts and glimpses the face of eternity. For heaven, yes, we cannot wait, but heaven holiness is only earned on earth. Sense of life and death. Finally, all Saints Day tells us that human life does not end with death, which opens the luminous life of eternity with God. All Saints Day is the catechesis and celebration of the mysteries of our faith concerning the end of life, as we just heard in today's gospel. The so-called next things, death, judgment, eternity. And for that reason, the day after All Saints Day on November 2nd, we celebrate and commemorate the deceased. It is a day of prayer and remembrance for them. It is a day to know how to live according to God's plan. November the 2nd is the day of the commemoration of the faithful departed. Our cemeteries and above all our minds and our hearts are filled with memory a prayer of gratitude filled with emotions for our deceased relatives and friends. The liturgical commemoration of the faithful departed is complementary to the solemnity of all saints. Our destiny once intersected with 
and by the grace of God on the path of holiness is heaven, eternal life. And its inescapable doorway is physical, unearthly disappearance, death. Death is without a doubt one of the most painful, mysterious, and at the same time unavoidable realities of the human condition. As a famous German philosopher of the 20th century said, man is a being for death. In classical antiquity, the Epicureans had coined another similar phrase, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. However, according to the Christian faith, the fatalism and pessimism of this existentialist statement of the philosopher Martin Heidegger and the Epicurean maxim are illuminated and filled with meaning. God, by becoming incarnate in Jesus Christ, has not only took on death as a necessary stage of human existence, but also transcended it and overcome it. He was given the answer that the centuries and the whole of humanity have been waiting for in our transient and expiring condition, I may say. Death is painful, yes, but it is no longer the end of the road. We do not live to die, but death is the key to eternal life, the deepest and most definite cry of humanity at all times, which carries in the depths of our hearts the longing for immortality. In the Gospels and throughout the New Testament, we find light and the answer to death. Like the very testimony of Jesus Christ, dead and risen by and for us, like the testimony of the miracles that Jesus did returning some people back to life. We say in the creed, I believe in the resurrection of the dead. The lives of the saints, of all the saints, known and unknown, the saints of the altars and of the people, Their presence is so alive and so real among us, in spite of having passed away, that they confirm the central dogma of Christianity, the resurrection of the flesh and the life of the world to come in the image of Jesus Christ, dead and risen. Therefore, All Souls Day is an occasion to reflect on life, to find even in the heart its true wisdom and meaning, which are the wisdom and meaning of the God who loves us and saves us and whose glory is the life of humankind. All Souls Day is also a time to remember, to bring back the heart, the memory of the disease of each individual, each person, each family member, and to thank God for them. This way we will see how they still alive in some way in ourselves to verify that we are what we are thanks in some measure to them. For that reason, All Souls Day is also an occasion to pray for the dead. 
the word of God already from the Old Testament reminds us that it is good and necessary to pray for the dead so that they may find their eternal rest. That's all I have to say about the saints and the old souls celebrations. I would like to end my reflection with few thoughts about a ministry that we are doing in our diocese. How, how much time do I have? I do have time? Good. You ready for the second part then? <laughs> it should be brief. Uh, uh, last year, I was supposed to go to Myanmar, Burma, for a, a, a conducting a retreat and celebrating. Uh, I was invited to be one of the co-consecrators of one of the bishops there, precisely the bishop of one diocese that we are in companionship. Uh, I went to visit my doctor, and my doctor told me, you're not going anywhere outside Peoria. Uh, you're having electrical problems in your heart, and we need to monitor every other day. You are not going anywhere, Bishop. I said, ooh, what, what, what should I say to these people? Simply that you cannot go. That's, that's a simple answer. Anyway, I talked to my canon, and I sent two priests of our diocese, representing the Diocese of Quincy in that particular occasion, and they went there. And while there, they had the opportunity to visit different congregations and different people and, and, and orphans and, and, and you name it, they did it. When they came back, they presented to me a full report of their visit. And in their report, they shared with me the need of building an orphanage because there were 68 kids without parents, without family, without friends, living in what they called the orphanage in, in that particular church of St. Andrews. The father, Fosdick, showed me the pictures, and it was only a wooden roof, no windows, no doors, no floors, no bathrooms, no bedrooms, nothing. It was just a roof and sleeping in the floor. And I, I told Father Fosdick, I, uh, hopefully I can go there again in February, and uh, I will see what, what, what can we do. Definitely I was able to be released by my doctor, and I went there in February, and I went to the same places they went. I preached in the same places they preached. I conducted retreats and, and a bunch of conferences and visited each of the congregations one at a time and met with the priest there and saw the poverty, the needs, the suffering of all these brothers and sisters. Then finally, I was invited to go to the orphanage. And although I had a glimpse of what orphanage was presented to me by Father Fosdick, I thought on an orphanage like in Canada or United States or any other parts of the world. When I got there, uh, their ride was on a jeep, very bumpy ride for two hours, but beautiful at the same time. I got there, and when I got out of the jeep, they, they had the 68 kids on an, on an Indian kind of line waiting to receive the guests. And uh, I got there and shake hands with, with the first kid, and he asked me a question, which in all honesty, I had no clue what he was asking because I, I don't speak their the dialect. And the question, we, we had a translator, and I asked Nelson what was the question. The question was pretty simple. 
asking, ask the bishop if he can give me a kiss. And I told Nelson, definitely I'll give him a kiss. And I hugged, I mean, I'm from the Caribbean, brothers and sisters. And in the Caribbean, we hug each other 2,000 times a day. And, and we kiss each other 2,000 times a day. I mean, that for me is part of my DNA, my blood, my, my humanity. I hugged this little boy and gave him a, uh, a kiss. And he was so happy. And what happened is that after I hugged and kissed this guy, the remain 67 <laughs> asked for the same. <laughs> I was so happy just kissing and hugging, and they were just kissing me and hugging me. Anyway, beautiful experience. We had the opportunity to, uh, to have lunch with the kids, and uh, I was asked to say a few words uh, about my experience at the orphanage, which I did, and I was interrupted by other kids and then by a girl. This kid raised his hand and asked a question, and Nelson translated the question. The question, first question was, uh, can you stay with us? And I told this little boy, I am 100% sure that I can stay with you, but I'm going to leave half of my heart here because I just love you, and definitely I will come back. Second question was a girl, and the question was, then, can we go with you? And I just lost it. I heard after I gave this girl my, my answer that I told her, I wish I can have one airplane empty for you all and me and go back to the United States where I can find families that can adopt you or help you to be somebody in life, and then you can come back here and support your brothers and sisters. And uh, Nelson was translating, and he wanted me to know that for practically all those kids, this was the first time in their lives that somebody ever hugged them or kissed them or touched them or treated them like they belonged to someone. I told Leroy, my companion, and Nelson, you know what, I'm staying here. I'm not going back to Peoria. Leroy, <laughs> Leroy told me, they're going to kill me if you stay here. You have to go back. I made a promise to those kids that I will build them an orphanage, that I will find a way to support them. And I started the process with zero money. I am not asking you this morning to give me a penny. I was the most, and still, and I, don't, I am not afraid in saying this publicly, the most spoiled child in my household by my dad and my mother as their first son. I had hugs, kisses, toys, clothing, cars, food, everything. And I was convicted, knowing that in this world, we're still having kids going through these particular problems and difficulties. And they are our brothers and sisters. What I'm asking for you, first of all, is to pray that the Lord will lead 
those who would like to join me in this endeavor to do it. Those who cannot go or lead that find some people that can help us building this orphanage. I preached about this. And I'm preaching about this in all the churches of your diocese. And I'm going to tell you one thing. The response from your brothers and sisters in the Diocese of Quincy is humbling. I had people from all over the diocese sending $5, $10, $20,000, $50, $15,000. And you know why they wanted support? Because they say if we are rooted and we are committed to the mission of building the kingdom, we would like to help. People are not going to support your bishop if I should come here and say, I need $50 for my favorite political party. People are not going to give me a penny if I come here and say, you know what? I saw these beautiful shoes in whatever beautiful online store and they are $300. Could you give me $300 for a pair of shoes? Nobody's going to give me those $300 for that. I am not putting my commitment into you. I'm just sharing. If you know of anyone that would like to support me in doing this, talk to Father Martin. And he will, he will know exactly what to do. And I would like to finish with this. I don't care if those kids are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I don't care if they are Christians or they are Muslims or they are Buddhists or they are whatever. Facing God, they are sons and daughters of God. And we have a spiritual, theological, and moral responsibility not only to help your bishop supporting them, but to support anyone in your neighborhood that is in great need. Only waiting, only waiting for someone to hug, to kiss, and to share. Happy All Saints Days, because you are the saints of this congregation. Everyone baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit becomes a member of the saints on earth. And you are one of those. And I hope that these words could help you and help me in doing what we are called to do. Building a, a kingdom of God one soul at a time. God bless you all. I love you all. And... Fear not, God is with us. Amen.